RHD Life FM. James here with you this evening. Hope you're having an absolutely fantastic one. Um, I remember when I used to watch this amazing TV show called Inside the Actors Studio, right? It's this TV show and it was all about people who uh, were these sort of like really famous, amazing actors and they'd come in and they'd kind of talk about their career from the point of view of how they acted it. It was absolutely wonderful show to watch. And I remember that there were two actors, they had everyone on, I had like, you know, Meryl Streep was on and well, when I say Meryl Streep, I kind of mean every great actor really. So everyone below that, but they only, they had two people that they desperately wanted to get and they could never get them. And um, uh, those two people, interestingly enough, were Gary Oldman and Jack Nicholson. And neither one of them would want to come on and actually break their craft down. Now, the reason I bring this up is not just some random thing, because there's one particular guest I've been desperate to get onto ArchD for years and who I have never had the chance to do. But today, friends, today is a very, very different day for I present to you the legend that is Maddie Kelly. How are you, Maddie? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks so much, James, for having me. It's great to be here. That's okay. How's that? Have you ever had an intro anywhere near that is all? Jack Nicholson, Gary Oldman, Meryl Streep and Maddie Kelly. Oh, truly. (laughs) To be mentioned in the same vein as those legends, that's incredible. Well, I think once people hear a little bit about, like, essentially your story and what you've done, I think they'll come to understand why you're here and and why I've been so desperate to kind of get you on the show for so many years. Um, you, you've had a, a kind of like so far, I guess, a life and, and a career, I guess, if you, if you, I don't know if it's essentially what you've done is so vocational. I have a lot of trouble calling it a career, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, because it seems that you've been motivated purely really by, by a need to do something that has started like as so many of our students have at a, Catholic school here in um, Adelaide and has stretched as far as, uh, I guess, Africa, Tanzania, where I guess you've just come back from only relatively recently. Mm. Um, but we're going to cover everything and there's so much to get through. Maddie Kelly is our very special guest tonight. Yes, yes, that's for you. <laughs> you walk past the window, Maddie, and everyone <laughs> lost their minds out there at the car park waiting for you to finish. Now, Maddie, um, the reason I really wanted to talk to you today is I just really wanted to like uh, just really unpack this journey that you've been on over so many years. Can we go back really to the very kind of, I guess, the beginning um, which would have been just slightly before I met you, you know, many years ago, when you were still a student at St. Aloysius. And St. Aloysius is, you know, very well known for being, well, firstly, like a great school, city school for girls, but has a really, really strong social justice element to the school. It's a big part mm. of the fabric of it. Can you talk a little bit about that when you were at the school the very first time, you kind of started to interact with that section of, um, of the school life and and uh, and sort of talk us through that story of how that began for you. My goodness. Um, so it was the year 2007 and uh, I was in year eight um, and uh, I was, um, yeah, as you say, it's just such a school that, um, that has this real focus on social justice. Um, and I came from a family where um, my parents always encouraged um, engagement with local issues. Um, my my grandfather was a Vinnie's volunteer um, for his whole life. Um, so it was fantastic to then attend a school where um, where there was a real focus on this and where I could explore it in a in a very meaningful way um, as as a girl and then young woman. 
There were a few moments um, later on in my years at, at St Aloysius when I was a little bit older um, that that really that were kind of I guess aha moments mm. for me. Like why? Is there one that jumps out specifically? Yes. Um, so one of these um, moments was when I was uh, actually went with the school to Argentina. Um, there was a mission that would go uh, every couple of years and um, I remember hearing about it when I was in year eight and the next trip would be going when I was in year 10 and um, there was no guarantee I would go. You had to apply and all of that sort of thing and I didn't come from a family with very much money so that was a limitation but as soon as I was old enough I got a job and um, saved up every cent that I could to try and work towards the goal of going to Argentina. Unfortunately, I was selected and it was- Why was that so important to you to go? um, uh, It was so important for me to go to Argentina. Well, it really wasn't necessarily about Argentina. It could have been anywhere in Australia or in the world, but um, I really wanted to uh, see what our, the impact of our fundraising at SAC, um, where all of that was going Mm -hmm. uh, and having an effect over uh, in the community in Argentina, but I had this great teacher and he just had such passion and enthusiasm. Um, And he told this great story about how, um, you know, he hadn't much immersed himself in the mercy values of the school or really cared a lot about it until he was invited to launch um, a music trip to go and travel to Argentina because the sisters who founded SAC were originally from Argentina. And um, so he took a music group over there, but what actually caught his eye and attention was the, um, the poverty in Buenos Aires. And so he then set up um, a not-for-profit and um, through SAC we raised funds to build a little community centre and chapel in one of the barrios of Buenos Aires, like a shanty town. Mm. And the, yeah, just the passion and the energy with which he spoke about the community and its people, I just thought I want a little bit of that. I want to see what he's talking about. And um, the students who went to Argentina, they came back and it was almost as though they had all seemed to have some sort of a personal transformation yeah, right. that was quite significant and very spiritual. Not everyone would call it spiritual, um, but to me, that was my perception of, of the experience that they had shared. And um, so I just felt this inexplicable pull um, to, to, to want to go and see what all of that was about. Um, yeah, and again, to just see the impact that our fundraising and our advocacy was having in this community. Um, so when I went to Argentina and I had the chance to go and um, see that and be present with these people, um, it really was an eye-opening moment, particularly, and this is what I think was really where the seed was planted for me to end up in Tanzania. We visited um, like a government school within um, one of the barrios and um, I will never forget sitting in this classroom and um, there was no technology to be seen anywhere. There were no books, very minimal resources um, and it just uh, there was graffiti all over the walls, all over the desks and um, you could just very clearly see this contrast between what I'd come from at SAC um, and the nurturing environment that I had the privilege to experience as compared to this where um, students simply didn't have the resources to be able to learn, um, which then got me thinking about, well, if you don't have an education or you don't have access to education, what does that do 
um, for your self-worth um, and for your ability to overcome adversity um, and actually break the cycle of poverty. Yeah, right. Mm. You're listening to Arch D on Life FM. James here with you with a very, very special guest, uh, Maddie Kelly. Uh this literal giant, really, of of, uh, of youth ministry here in South Australia. We've been trying to get her on the show for so long, but it's been one of those occasions where, like, now that so many experiences have happened to you, I'm, I'm going to be struggling to fit it all in because this is what I've needed to chat to you all along the way so we can just unpack this as we go. So from... Uh, your experience uh, as a student at SAC. And I found it very, very interesting that you mentioned uh, a particular teacher who you said sort of like kind of their passion and their energy kind of lit a fire in you to sort of like become inspired to do that. It's very interesting that I've had a very similar conversation with Claire Peterson, Mm. who was the person who took over as a youth minister from you Mm -hmm. in later years, who literally said exactly the same words about you lighting a fire under her. So clearly there's a, a pay it forward thing going on in terms of, of, of that. There's inspiration begets more inspiration. So um, I don't know if she's ever, she ever mentioned that to you at all? No, she hasn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's just so wonderful to hear. I just love Claire. Yeah, um, no, yeah. she's remarkable, mm. remarkable, you know. So from there as a student, you graduate, you finish year 12, but you don't leave. No, <laughs> that's true. Exactly. So what? T- talk to me about that moment about, you know, the the leaving year 12 and then really what happened next, your experiences with SAC from there. Yeah, so um, I think it was about a year and a half after I finished year 12 um, and I was in the midst of my uni degree. Um, the role of the social justice coordinator at SAC became available and I just felt um, that that was the next right step for me to 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 go for that and to um, to see if I would be able to, in a meaningful way, help students in the way that I was nurtured um, in the spirit of mercy and social justice at school. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did um, during my years at university, um, was try and fill the very, very big shoes of, of um, the social justice coordinator who nurtured me. Her name was Sue Hollebeck. Yeah, and I remember that was when I first met you, was when you were doing those sessions. And I remember I came in once and we were doing some recording about the um, uh, – about the um, what, what's the name, what's the name of the, the program? Oh, uh, Justice uh, – JAM, Justice and Ministry um, uh, a group at St. Aloysius. And I remember I came along and it was in a classroom and you were coordinating this thing. And then this, these students just pour in. Like there's so many of them. And it really struck me because a lot of these um, schools, you know, you do have a lot of really passionate students who get really involved, but they're not generally an enormous group. You might have a group of say, you know, like 15 or 20 students, but then I just see all of these students pouring in. And I remember asking like how many students are actually involved in this program. And it turns out that St. Aloysius, which is an enormous school because it's like, it's an R to 12 school, it's an enormous school that something like 10% of the students at the school are actually involved in the JAM program which is kind of mind-blowing at how uh, uh, clearly the students see it as an important thing for them to be involved in and they find it really rewarding and meaningful. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's quite a, it's quite fantastic. Um, and the sense of community that, um, that exists within the JAM space um, is, is wonderful. And I think it, um, it's a place where students can come and feel heard 
um, and where they can share their ideas and uh, learn from each other and also interact with students who are not in the same year level as them. Um, and certainly, you know, we, we often are discussing issues and topics and issues of justice and concern um, that, that those conversations have a way to bring people together mm. um, in, a, in a unique way in a unique way um, and so I always tried to foster a space where where people could feel comfortable to speak up that their ideas would never be ridiculed um, and that we could basically just share stories with one another and I always work to encourage and support each other um, and you know uh, always the, as well the um, the great thing was we always had a goal so no matter what cause or what theme or idea we might be looking at, um, we always would like to have some sort of an outcome where that, whereby that be, you know, um, like an advocacy stall um, or some sort of a fundraiser, um, just something so that the students feel like all of their learning and discussion has culminated in something that can support. So you were there for a while, like I was. doing that. How long were you in that role for? Um, I was in that role from 2014 up until um, when I left for Tanzania in the middle of 2017. Okay, so three years. Mm. Was there, like, I'm sure there was lots of highlights. Is there any one that stands out to you that you would go, that really is kind of emblematic of, of how amazing that experience was? Absolutely. Uh, there were a couple. I think that the best one was... Um, when we had uh, we forged a connection with students in the APY lands, mm. uh, people at Jara Ananu School. Um, if you can picture the corner where South Australia meets the Northern Territory and South and Western Australia, that's where people at Jara is. Very very remote corner of the country, um, and. I think that it was seeing the way that students uh, embraced um, the we would so we would go and visit Pipilatjara for a week a year and then uh, we'd have students from Pipilatjara and a new school come and visit us at SAC and I think for me uh, what I saw in those weeks um, in terms of the development um, of um, mutual respect and friendship uh, between our students and the students who visited us from people at Jara, um, my goodness, that was just something that stays with me and that really drives home this this sort of um, emerging concept that seems to be, I seem to be encountering this wherever I go in life, is that really as people we are, um, we are all very different, but our core similarities are that we, we want to feel heard and seen and to belong. Um, and... I saw that unfolding between our students and the students from Pippa at Jara during every one of our um, exchanges with them. Wow. Yeah. So the, the last contact I had with you was um, um, here at the school. You did some lovely stuff for us for the um, Australian Catholic Youth Festival. We did like a video uh, that you were involved in. You wrote a script and it was played over the big screen. And then, you know, not that long after that, I heard, yeah, you've left. You've gone to Tanzania. Talk to me about why you went and 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 I guess exactly where you went, the reason why. Mm. Uh, so this takes its roots as well at St Aloysius College um, and I remember it vividly. Uh, it was about a year after I had returned from that life-changing experience in Argentina and um, I was uh, sitting in my RE class and we were doing a unit on social justice and um, Catholic social teaching 
Uh, and our teacher showed us an episode of Australian Story. Um, it was recorded in 2009 and it was about a woman named Gemma Sissia who was from Armadale in country New South Wales. And uh, when she was 22, she went over to Uganda to work as a teacher there. And um, eventually she met uh, a Tanzanian man um, whom she ended up marrying and uh, her father-in-law gifted her a plot of land and said, if we give you this plot of land, Gemma, would you be able to build a school for the poor in Tanzania? There are kids that really need this opportunity. And um, so she did that and she uh, fundraised, uh, spent a long time um, travelling around the east coast of Australia trying to get support. Eventually she got enough support to build the, um, to build the first classroom and um, then she was able to put three students in school in 2002. So the school opened then with just the three students and um, it grew from there absolutely like just was incredible the growth they had 500 students by oh, the time man. I'd heard about them yeah and um, then I I remember watching that episode and just thinking oh my goodness I want to visit this school one day and then I, life got busy but I had never forgotten that there was a school in Tanzania run by an Australian hmm. and then in uh, what I think I, I, you know, call it coincidence or what have you, but um, it was 2016, so fast forwarding now six years, and I'm just about to leave my house, rush out the door for uni, and um, this beautiful young woman is standing at the door when I open it, and we nearly bump into each other, and I get the shock of my life, um, and she was um, door knocking for on behalf of a, of a children's charity. And um, we start talking and she was from an African background and, um, you know, both we figured out went to uh, the same university and, um, yeah, we just got chatting on the doorstep and uh, she tells me she's from Arusha, Tanzania. I said, hang on, I've heard about Tanzania. There's a woman who runs a school there from Australia. She said, yes, the School of St Jude. Um, and, yeah, I said, oh, you know, I've got to look into it again. I remember it was such a fantastic story. Uh, anyway, we then remained friends um, and it was only a number of weeks after that that I got a call from my mum who said, Maddie, turn on the TV, there's this woman from Australia who started a school in Tanzania and they've gone... Far out. out. Yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah. And so I, um, I turn on the TV and there's the school of St Jude and there's Gemma and the school now has uh, something like 2,000 students. Oh, it has three campuses Far out. as opposed to the one campus. Um, and I just, it was like like the hair on my spine raised. It yeah. was absolutely incredible. I had this feeling come over me, almost a compulsion of, okay, you're about to finish university. You've done three and a half years at SAC. Mm you've got to find a way to connect with this cause. And at the time I thought, well, maybe I could look at bringing a group of students over there or, um, yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure, but it was just something in me said, go online and find out more. And um, I checked their website and saw that they were looking for writers to come and work in the communications team. And um, I like writing, but up until that point I had never done anything 
professional with my writing. What was um, your uni degree in, the one that you'd been doing? I did an arts degree and my major was anthropology. Okay. And my minor was English. Um, oh, well, storytelling? Big part of anthropology? Yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah. Mm. Um, and both my parents are wonderful writers and storytellers. Um, so it's I've always been immersed in it and I thought, well, worst they can say is, no, we don't want you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, I applied and um, my it's a bit of a story, but my application somehow kind of got lost. <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, you know. Anyway, a few months later, I heard nothing back and I thought, I'll give it one more try because I saw they then pushed on social media. One last call for writers. We really want you to come and use your skills at yeah. Tanzania and all the rest. And, um, yeah, within a day I heard back from the marketing manager um, that was in February 2017 and then I was interviewed um, a day or two before my birthday and they basically sort of said, when can you come over? Like, can you come within the next couple of weeks? Or I said, okay. Um, anyway, then uh, it ended up being a few more months because the Tanzanian um, Tanzania, in order to work there as a foreigner, you need to provide your university certificate, not the transcript, but the actual certificate. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I wasn't going to be getting that until May. And so um, on May 3rd, when I got my certificate and shook hands with the vice chancellor, (laughs) I... um, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get on a plane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I took my my mortarboard off and um, I... uh, put my passport in my bag and went straight to the airport. Did you really? Yeah. Far out. Yeah. I <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was a, it was quite a quite a whirlwind of a day of a day. Maddie Kelly is our guest on the show this evening. We'll be back chatting to her about heaps more stuff. You are listening to ArchD on Life FM. Maddie Kelly is our guest talking about her time at St Jude's School in Tanzania. I had told everybody that I was going for 18 months because that was um, the time period that I had spoken about and mm-hmm. committed to. And then I got there and the contract I signed said two years. Ah. So I said, oh, I guess six more months won't hurt. You know, the family, that'll be fine. And of course, had was terribly nervous. And I truly, James, didn't think that I was going to last more than three months. Yeah, right. Um, what were you most nervous about? Um, I just didn't think I was cut out for it. I simply didn't think I had the grit or the stamina um, that it would take um, to be able to adapt. It was as simple as that. And, um, yeah, I I remember desperately wanting to succeed um, but constantly having to tell myself, look, it's not a failure if you go home. It's not a failure if you go home. Mm. Um, And, yeah, it it was... um, it took me a while to adjust. It really did. And I probably spent the first six months of my time there um, just trying to convince myself I was strong enough to last it out. And um, then in 2018, uh, so I'd been there at that point for about 10 months and um, I got the phone call that my auntie back in Adelaide was was dying. And it all happened rather quickly. Um, and... Where, what I discovered um, then was how kind and how um, loving the people really were and how much I had actually grown to become like extended family to some of them. Um, and 
really the support that I got from my friends during that very difficult time of loss and grief um, sustained me. And um, after that time, after the after sort of an, a year had gone by, um, I felt like I was really making a home there and mm-hmm. a life there. Um, and it, I began to adjust. Right. And then how long did you end up staying there after that? Five and a half years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what's it like now being back? That must be such... I mean, I can't imagine a bigger cultural shift. Yeah. It's, or isn't it? I don't know. Like, uh, No, it is. Um, and it's interesting the the things that have surprised me about coming home and not necessarily the things that I expected. Um, you know, I, I grew up in this city, in mm. this country, and um, it's little things like at first it was really difficult for me to go into a supermarket without feeling extremely anxious because of the choice. It was nothing to do yeah, with... Yeah, right. Yeah, it was nothing to do with, oh, you know, all this privilege and, you know, food everywhere and all of that. It was nothing to do with that. It was just being simply overwhelmed by a choice. Um, and, yeah, it just uh, – there's a lot that I've really uh, noted. Humans are incredibly adaptable. Um, it's quite amazing. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, been a, it's been an interest. it's been now two months that I've been back and I feel like a lot of sensory overload as well. Um, I spent my first month very tired um, and just really wanting to um, to lie low um, and just very almost cautiously tread back into my world and into my life. Um, yeah, and also so much has happened since I've been gone, like the, the pandemic, um, that's had huge ramifications um, and in Tanzania, life really continued as normal throughout the pandemic um, because it had to. Um, People were afraid of the great unknown and um, there was no no benefits scheme to support people who were unemployed. Yeah. Um, And so people really just had to carry on throughout the pandemic and now coming back and um, I, yeah, I haven't been through a lockdown. (laughs) Um, So I'm learning a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> we mm. didn't really have a, that big a lockdown here, yeah. really, in comparison to what other people had mm. to go through. Mm. So, yeah. Maddie Kelly is our special guest on the show this evening. It's been such a privilege having a chat with you, Maddie, about this. I guess before we kind of like wrap this up, I just there's this one nagging question that's sort of sitting at the back of my mind and talking to you. You've really dedicated kind of your life up until now to this idea of of um you know social justice catholic social teaching it's kind of um part of your dna why is this so important to you like why i mean i mean that's just really the the question i guess why i think um for me uh it comes down to um uh i get very um I feel very angry when people don't um, have a voice heard. Um, and I actually think that uh, using anger, uh, transforming that into something that's constructive mm. is, is um, one really helpful way of um, being able to make a difference. And um, 
So I, it, for me, it's about people having the opportunity to be heard and to um, to feel dignified. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it really bothers me when people um, are not treated with dignity or when they don't feel that they have a voice or agency to make decisions about their lives. And I, I think that really is what drives me. Um, and, yeah, the people that I've met and worked with um, in the spaces I've been in have really shown me time and time again the difference that actually having a voice um, can make um, and having opportunities um, to learn um, and um, to, to feel like they are um, active members of a community that values them. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's inspirational, Maddie. Honestly, it's incredible. Um, thank you so much for coming in and uh, hopefully we'll see you again sooner than uh, <laughs> I, I guess the, the amount of time I've ordered to get you on the show, which is pretty much seven or eight years. So <laughs> let's, let's do that. You've got to promise me now on air that you're going to do that. Thank you, James. I promise. Uh, wonderful. We are here every Wednesday night from nine, every Saturday night from 10. Stay tuned to Life FM for more of your music and we will see you again in a few days. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what you got, Mr. Red?